0: Hello, my name is Alexander Morari and I'm the founder of ITK Media and you've tuned to our uh, podcast about central and eastern european startups that are in pre-series A stage. And our guest today is uh, Tom Sniparts, the co-founder of Jeff App. Jeff App is a loan broker that utilizes alternative data to boost financial inclusion. Sveiki, Toms. Hi. Well, happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Time will show how happy you are. But now, look, um, so you say, uh, to boost financial inclusion and of all the places you do not uh, focus on Europe or European Union, you go to more uh, decent markets. What markets you focus on right now and why?
1: Yes, so our main focus uh, as of this day is Vietnam, uh, but we have recently launched the Philippines uh, as well. And uh, yeah, that gives a pretty good indication that we are all about Southeast Asia and boosting financial inclusion in that part of the world. And uh, if you ask me why, there are two main reasons. You know, Number one, we uh, came across the problem while uh, in our previous jobs with a co-founder. And number two, you know, it's 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 clear that Asia is one of the big emerging economies and then parts of the world, and uh, you know comparing to Europe, the size of population and many other aspects are very very promising and uh, present a lot of opportunity. Uh, not to say more.
0: Even de- demographics and um, uh, quantum leaps in using technology and jumping over cer- certain, uh, certain stages in evolution and right away jumping into mobile banking, mobile financial products, rather than using desktops that, like, that, that we had to go through, right? And so we know where you are focused right now. You know, we know why and then make an intro, like what you're building and what's, what's the pro- product about. Yeah?
1: Yeah, so if you ask me for a tagline, uh, we go under Credit Karma of Southeast Asia. Uh, But uh, what we aspire to build is uh, a credit score for the vast unbanked and underbanked population in those markets. Because, you know, the facts are that Vietnam, Philippines, and Indonesia are among the top 10 countries in the world with the highest number of unbanked and underbanked people. It it just means that, you know, uh, like in Poland or uh, any other country in in the more developed part of the world, if a person would go to a bank or financial service provider, that bank or financial service provider would look at the bank account, at the transaction history, at the credit history, and, uh, of course, some other sources, but uh, predominantly make an educated decision based on those data points. If we talk about countries like Vietnam or Indonesia, uh, then, uh, as as mentioned, absolute majority of people don't have that, and uh, uh yeah it's 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 very challenging uh, for them to get uh, access to mainstream financial services and what we're building with jeff is tapping into the data that these people actually have and and, uh, then extracting value and uh, then uh, building tools and and, then ways on top of this data so that uh, we can help the two sides the financial service providers and the uh Users, basically, it's both consumers and eventually also merchants to find a way how to work together.
0: So, I understand this is a marketplace. Exactly, exactly. Okay, You're correct. What are, the, what are the sides of the marketplace? Me, the underbanked individual in Vietnam, okay? Then you are in between and you are linking me to who?
1: Yeah. So, uh, this again depends uh, very much on the consumer's uh, necessity. So let's take a simple case, you know, I'm a person in Vietnam, I need a consumer loan, uh, let's say, for host refurbishment or for uh, some unexpected expense or uh, purchase-oriented financing. Yeah. Uh you know, what what I do in, uh, you know, one possible scenario, we'll go online and look for options. So uh, what we're aiming to be with Jeff is to be one of those top options that shows up, uh, asks people a certain list of questions and uh, also taps into certain other data points. And then based on what we obtain from the uh, applicant, we provide a list of products that would be applicable and uh, yes, as already mentioned in the beginning, we do not stop at, you know, sign up form data. We try to tap into a large and increasing number of alternative uh, aspects such as behavior, such as uh, smartphone metadata, such as, uh, you know, social presence and uh, many more to gradually build more and more predictive models and tools that, uh, you know, would allow these people to get access to products that they wouldn't be able to access yesterday.
0: So by collecting data about individual in Vietnam, let's say, you are then able to um, to, to, to basically pitch loan providers on this individual, right? Saying, Ex- which, we, we made some work by, uh, we, we did some work for you in the background using AI driven, like collecting, scraping, and send all the like, data points uh, around um, these personalities, what, uh, mo- mobile, basically mobile gateway. I mean, mobile, mobile phone gateway to the life habits and customs and situations of this individual. And let's say I'm, I'm this individual, right? And then all of a sudden I, re- I, I'm, I have access to products that otherwise I wouldn't have. Um, why, what's the problem? Just because yeah, I don't so, have the time, I, I don't have the time to go through all the banks and so on and so on. All those banks are not interested in me, and all of a sudden you discover me as a potential product for the, I mean, client, sorry, for, for the banks. Where, where's the revelation? the said in DPT. What 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 happened? Yes, yeah, so What is the uh,
1: miracle? There are several uh, aspects behind it. Yeah, number one, uh, let's start with the most obvious one, what you already pointed out. You know, if a person uh, is looking for financial service, you know, there is a certain degree of frustration that, you know, I sign up with the first, second, the fifth, and, you know, at a certain point there is, you know, Uh, There is a drop-off because, you know, you basically take a repetitive action and it is uh, frustrating. And uh, what we have discovered and seen in those markets is that uh, they are far less developed than, again, what you would see in in some other economies in terms of this uh, data transmission automation, Uh, you know, that... Very few of these players have uh, developed APIs that would allow people to, let's say, fill in a unified form, and then this data would automatically be passed over to all the network. So so this, this is one problem we're solving. But but the other part is that, you know, you, you need to look at the bigger picture, how those markets have developed in terms of financial services. Uh, to the best of our research, we have observed three stages. Number one, it's been that, different kinds of banks and financial service providers have been working with uh, large companies that would, let's say, have uh, a big amount of blue collar workers like factories, et cetera. Uh, And then, you know, you don't have the bank transaction history or you don't have the credit history. It doesn't matter so much because, you know, you can get access to the income. You can uh, withhold uh, the repayments directly from the employer. So it's kind of a functioning model, but it's very difficult to scale. Right, because you know there there is a certain segment of these blue collar workers, but uh, much larger segment is all the other population that is uh, without these you know bank d- bank data. Uh, then number two, it's it's. Uh, we would say the most uh, active uh, channel Uh, right now it's uh, direct consumer offline when you would go into uh, you know a department store or wherever and there are agents you know coming to you approaching and trying to you know get you as a uh, customer signed up in that way and uh, this this is the stage where you know this shift to direct-to-consumer online happens in financial services sector in in Southeast Asian markets. And uh, there is a lot of market dedication to be done. You know, for one, what we've seen is uh, many incumbents don't understand how you can uh, capture value from uh, smartphone metadata or behavioral patterns or some uh, network effects that you can observe. And, you know, this, this is kind of... Uh, uh nice challenge, I would say, but uh, not an easy one to really do this profiling and understand which of your B2B partners, you know, already at once in terms of understanding. And they can say to you, yeah, guys, we understand this. Give us these 30 or 50 data variables, and that will help us to improve the conversion. And then, you know, there are guys that say, you, you can take uh, smartphone metadata into account of your scoring. I mean... How, how does that work where you know we're skeptical skeptical about that so it's it's you know we, we see ourselves being kind of in a position of market maker and then 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 and, 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 and uh, yeah it's uh, it's not going to happen overnight but uh, it's a very 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 big and lucrative opportunity to take on a couple of comments there so you say you might say
0: that you are, you know, sometimes startups say, we are the Uber of X, we are the Uber of Y, and so on. So you could say you are the TikTok of loan brokerage in uh, South Asia.
1: Because what TikTok, TikTok does, they are li- <laughs> they,
0: they're, taking, they're also collecting live, like, 40 data points or so, right? Um, you, you, you know this, of course. Um, and then that, that, that would be interesting. Like, we are the TikTok of uh, financial
1: product brokerage. <laughs> well <laughs> that's that's an interesting comparison actually one of the cheesy taglines so for early days that we went went to buy was tinder for loans that you know you can ah. kind of, you know sign up you see the loans and then you can you know this I don't one this i want and uh, you know something like that but yeah this upgrade tick, 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 upgrade uh... then
0: upgrade to tiktok <laughs> and again it's more yeah. of an asian product kind of um yeah interesting and this uh, tagline for uh, tagline for credit karma I think like hits the nail there wow that's a good that's a good copywriting, copywriting there so yeah it's not that often that you can come up with such copywriting right um, on spot spot on look um so we say Vietnam Indonesia uh, it's like decent markets from the from from where we sit right now but anyways it's 101 market and 200 or, or even like combined more than 300 million users as, as such?
1: Yes, so uh, th- those, are, uh, those are very big economies. And, uh, you know, when we started this, uh, you know, whole first step uh, process on Jeff with my co-founder, we sat down and we, you know, uh, understood this is clearly an opportunity for uh, emerging markets. And, you know, we, we uh, came across it due to our past experience exactly with Asia. You know, of course, we challenged ourselves a lot, which which should be the part of the world and which should be the market where we go first, and we kind of understood that uh, there are three big parts in the world, uh, in our eyes, where this can work big and can solve a real big problem. Apart from Southeast Asia, it's also Africa and it's Latin America. So uh, we understood that you know at that, at that point of time we don't know much about Africa, and uh, we had some insights and some experience with Latin America. But uh, there were reasons why you know we we understood that it's, it's not gonna maybe be so uh, straightforward for us uh, in several aspects. Uh, but yeah, uh, this 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 essentially kind of paints you the picture. Our ambition is to grow Jeff into this kind of solution that taps into alternative data and builds uh, financially inclusive products from it, and in all these emerging markets where unbanked and underbanked populations are massive, and where you know uh, alternative payment methods uh, are superior. When comparing to you know bank transfers, bank accounts, and uh, you know methods that incumbents uh, have been used to in general. Tom, what are the key uh, challenges
0: mm-hmm. of oh, like uh, go, going into the markets that are several hour away as far as time zones? And other than that, what are other key issues, regulations? Like what what else can you mention for other companies maybe planning or targeting? um asian markets rather than us which is like normally considered as the el dorado for startups and Mm -hmm. you just open up like a whole new perspective there so what are the key issues of
1: expanding or opening into a
0: south asian market
1: yes i mean for for us it wasn't like you know asia just because we want asia it's you know Recently, I read this very good quote because, you know, back, back in the day when I was uh, younger, I was also, you know, having this urge in my head that, hey, I want to become an entrepreneur. I should start my business. You know, there are those new New year resolution lists you would write down as a teenager. So this year I must start my company. Otherwise, I, you know, I, I won't be able to become an entrepreneur or something like that. But then, you know, if, if you think like that, It obviously shows you're not ready. Uh, And, you know, you kind of, uh, this quote that I read, you know, you're ready to start a business when you encounter and face a problem. And this problem is so, uh, how to put it? it doesn't let you sleep and it's like uh, bothering for you so much and you have those ideas around potential solutions for it. And, and, you know, this, this was the case for us. Cause you know, we, again, as I mentioned a couple of times already, we had the opportunity to interact with Asian markets and then with the industry, of course, and this is how we came to it, but, uh, answering to your question about expanding to these markets and entering them. So you know, that's number one, you know, Understanding why exactly there, and this, you know, comes most times through experience. Number two, uh, uh, our mentality towards this is, you know, like with many things, understanding what we know and what we don't know. So what we knew is again that you know this problem exists. It's validated. It's big. Uh, and these are the right markets and they're the best of our uh, understanding. Uh, number two, uh, what uh, functions uh, people wise we can do remotely, which are, you know, not, let, let's say, time zone or uh, geography sensitive, and quite the opposite, which, uh, you know, cannot be, let's say, done from Latvia or United States or United Kingdom or whatnot. So, and yeah, we, we uh, quickly understood that. Uh, The culture and especially the business to business development aspect is something that we will uh, right away uh, focus on in those target markets where we go and then this is exactly you know the setup for us you know we we know that here in eastern europe we have amazing talent especially in fintech for data science software engineering uh, digital marketing and several other areas but when it comes to business development when it comes to you know, like uh, consumer understanding and several other aspects you know you There is no cutting corners. You need local people with expertise and experience in those particular places. And then this is exactly what we do at Jeff. We just rationally think these things, uh, look at these things and challenge ourselves. You know, what just has to be located where and -hmm. where you have some wiggle room. So in a nutshell, key issues,
0: again, of expanding, key issues of expanding to Southeast and
1: Eastern Asia. Yeah I mean again number one it's uh, this cultural understanding you you know you you just need someone who really understands it and then has the experience number two uh, it's like many things people you know and uh, again this in our case uh, was combination of previous experience and networks we built but especially the uh, local people we uh, hired and are hiring and uh, yeah I mean those you know uh, you 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 cannot go in, into those markets with assumption that hey this will happen or that will happen uh, quite similarly to what had happened in my country on or part of the world where I've spent most of my life because you know it's it's you know it's it's different and not only as a region but every country in particular to give you an example in some of those markets you you can pretty much set up and start operating uh, in in a matter of days whereas in example of Indonesia. Uh, We've spent months of, you know, uh, reaching out to people, different kinds of associations, building relationship with the regulator and getting the license and and, then putting everything that has to be in place before we take on our first client. So it's, uh, you know, the the challenge is, I wouldn't say specific to any given Asian market, but any market you want to enter in general is to do your homework and do it well. Okay, okay. Okay,
0: Tom, so on the business side and on kind of B and l how successful you are, you would say, on the um, operational effectiveness? Are you burning money? Are you earning right now? So I know you've had, I mean, you boast of what, 4.5 million products compared on the marketplace there, right? Uh, with over 600,000 users in Vietnam alone. Mm-hmm. And as far as uh, financial effectiveness, like, uh, and how, how how wh- what's the p and l basically yeah it's the arr how do you how do you count these and what are the terms for either side of the equation on on the marketplace
1: yeah uh, yeah understood so um Number one, uh, it's, you know, it's the constantly changing and uh, growing figure. So, so now I, I don't have the figure top of my head, like right away, but we are approaching a million people that have used Jeff. And then uh, uh, we're over 8 million products compared as of now already. So it's moving fast. And in terms of for uh, effectiveness, uh, sorry, efficiency, we, we are scrappy and then, and, and, uh, let's say, with a clear mentality on many aspects. So um, we spent uh, pretty much all of our first year, which was a fun year. You know, we started January 2020 and then COVID comes. So, you, you know, it's already a crazy ride, but you need to make a, a lot of adjustments. So we pretty much spent that first year doing uh, uh, two things, uh, forming our core team and uh, figuring out our unit economics. So when we started in January 2020, the first month was like $600 in revenue. And then then the end of year, it was closer to 30K USD in in revenue per month. And uh, in in general, we burned like, I don't know, around between 150 and 2000 euros throughout the first year. And then this year, you know, again, team that we onboarded, you know, like came together as a unit, you know, people started to understand each other and, And what what we're doing better and better. And between January, when we had a bit over 30K, uh, and August, when we passed 300K USD in revenue, so it was like pretty much 10x growth within uh, seven months. We we also were able to hit net profitability in Q2. We were oh. able to considerably improve our unit metrics, and uh, yeah. So so it's it's you know we've we've just been uh, brutally scrappy with uh, with with everything that we do. You know if I don't know you know you you look at office chairs. You know you 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 don't <laughs> spend uh, three hundred bucks. You spend eighty bucks per. You know because. This, this is, you know, like those first two years, as you probably well know, were, the, were probably the hardest. You know, ask me two, two more years, I'm going to tell you a different story maybe. But, you know, that's that's the period where, in our opinion, every penny counts. And you need to show that you're able to work with what you've got. And then, uh, you know, that, that builds a strong business case around you in general, let's say.
0: I mean, you want to come across as modest, but uh, can I say that this is uh, extraordinary growth, and you could say hyper growth, on every uh, dimension. And you know, kudos for that. Tom's, wh- how, what are the, um, what are the um, commissions that you're taking from either side? Like, if I'm if I'm the individual, I'm I'm using a loan and so on. Like, how do I pay? Where's the hidden catch and so on?
1: Yeah, so for consumer, our service is free of charge, and we aim to keep it like that uh, cool. going forward as well. So uh, the main uh, revenue driver for us is uh, referral commissions from those banks and financial service providers. Predominantly, you know, other kinds of financial service providers, because we operate in this, you know, uh, unbanked and underbanked segment. Uh, and then, then this is actually very similar to you know what we've learned from from some people about credit karma that you know they're like this uh, big big successful company tapping into you know this different approach to credit scoring. But uh, uh, and I mean, don't quote me on this. I don't have like material to you know show you to to you know prove the numbers or anything. But uh, through many discussions, we've we realized that hey. Their main revenue driver still is uh, affiliate commissions, just like How much? in our case. How much range? <laughs> range, yeah. So, so in those markets, it would you know there are two main things that uh, the service providers pay us for. Uh, it might vary between uh, uh, eight to even twenty dollars per loan that we bring to them. And uh, some pay us earlier in the funnel, which is like qualified application. There, okay. the commissions are smaller as well. Uh, and you know it's, it's predominantly fixed fee. But what we expect as we enter into new product segments that it's, it's going to converge into take rate. so that you know if they should loan as uh, uh, $1,000 worth in the local currency, our take rate would be somewhere in, in, in the range of uh, three to five percent. If you look globally, the take rate for brokers like us is in general, like 4 to 8%. But, uh, you know, these, these markets, they are more green, more undeveloped. And, you know, the, uh, over time, we expect the competition is going to pick up. And uh, as more incumbents migrate to digital acquisition channels, the competitiveness and the price levels will also grow up. So, so this is yet another indication we are playing the long-term game on, on this regard.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's clear now. Clear picture. Uh, last question in this round, uh, Tom's. What question have I not asked, and you would like to answer?
1: <laughs> okay, this is a, this is this is a tricky one. Um, yeah, I mean, in in terms of what you asked about uh, how we are doing PNL wise, uh, uh, one thing we uh, would would say about us as a team is uh, we have. Uh, Pretty, we have been able to maintain and are looking to continue that uh, pretty high hiring standards in terms of uh, the team is small. Uh, okay, now, you know, we recently raised uh, raised some extra money and then, you know, we're pushing on hiring. But uh, for most of the time behind all of the success, it was like around 10 people. And then it's, it's really, you know, focusing on finding that uh, top one, top 2% of people, uh, of course, you know, the remuneration rate is above the average uh, considerably, but uh, you know, this, this is, you know, the kind of situation that we want to maintain that every person uh, in his or her respective function can do an amazing job. And uh, to me as a CEO, you know, if I go to my data scientist, or if I go to my digital marketer, or if I go to my email guy, uh, you know, they can, you know, put me back in my seat about any question in like five minutes. And then, and, 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 uh, yeah, we, we see that this is going to be an interesting challenge as we look to scale team from uh, 18 people that we are now to 30 to 50 to 100. And then, and, and, yeah. So this is one thing I would highlight about Jeff because uh, you know it's, it's you know, not me or idea. It's it's the people doing the heavy lifting that has allowed us to grow from 30 to 300K in seven months this year. Cool.
0: As a side note, Tom, so I think you might say, I mean, or we might agree that it's sometimes um, much better to hire somebody whose skill set is way above the company's needs right now and if you manage to attract such a person and this person will contribute to the company's growth to catch up with their skill set and it's and very soon to be a challenge for them um that would be an ideal setup so you hire somebody for whom the company will need to grow enough
1: yeah yeah that's 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 a very, very very good point you're making i mean yeah this is you Know hiring for the future, not for the yeah, present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is...
0: It's like when Gretzky, right? So, your new hire has to see where the puck is going rather than uh, stay on the spot and that the puck will grow to it. Okay, interesting. I mean, I'm maybe uh, jumbling there, but, anyways. Another revelation
1: on, on this note, we actually came down to mm-hmm. uh, there is this, uh, you probably know him, and then most of the listeners also. Uh, Naval, uh, the creator of AngelList and uh, Mm -hmm. probably one of the smartest people out there in the world, uh, present times, uh, about investing, he has this quote, if you are unsure, the answer is no. So we've grown to confidence that you can directly extend this to recruitment. If we have a person we are not sure about, we wouldn't go ahead and hire the person
0: provided this is a function of your experience and intensive recruitment experience in the the past. If you have no experience in in recruitment and then you go by your hunch, ah, that's somebody I like, then you miss uh, the target. I mean, you might miss the target, basically. Tom, great. Let's move on to next. You mentioned competitors. Round two is about competitors. And imagine you're in in a boxing ring. Who would you like to be uh, in front of you as your biggest sparring partner of all the companies out there? There are. I, I understand, like, lots of lots of potential competitors uh, to come to the region or grow locally is there yeah, anybody so you respect so much you would love to invite
1: them for the final
0: round of
1: an interesting uh, name to put out in that context is trusting social uh, they're a pretty pretty big player uh, doing uh, pretty incredible things i'd say because you know the way we look at the competitive landscape right there are you know comparison sites and aggregators That uh, are basically an acquisition channel for those, you know, financial service providers. And then there are like third party uh, tools that, you know, help you with, let's say, uh, device fingerprinting, anti-fraud, smartphone metadata, scorecards, you know, like a third party plugin that you would uh, use as a steroid for your underwriting and credit assessment. So, uh, while we are starting as this aggregator, uh, because, you know, that's what those incumbents understand and, you know, they're open to talk to a new acquisition channel, uh, most of those aggregators, you know, they start and end there. But our aspiration that we are gradually moving towards is giving them the client and a list of tools and uh, raw data so that, you know, we can improve the conversion, lower the risk and the... Uh, Make more matches happen, basically. And trusting social is one of those uh, few names out there that is, uh, I'm not gonna lie, doing a job towards this. Uh, they're pretty big, and then, then, and then, and, 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 yeah. So that's that's an opponent across ourselves at the boxing ring.
0: Oh, and I would say a heavyweight one, uh, judging by my like quick research there. So they just got a Series B financing of uh, around 20 million uh, US dollars. Singapore-based, it's like the you know you could say the mecca for for financial uh, startups and ideas and so on. And they're also focusing Vietnam and uh, Australia. So interesting. Ah, okay. So happy fighting there. Um, all the best. Good luck. Let's move on then. <laughs> Number three, quick Q and A. Uh, what are your own productivity hacks? Not the tools, the pro- the way of doing things. Okay.
1: Yeah, my own productivity hacks. Uh, I'm. I've surprised myself uh, how important calendar can be. So it's it's like uh, to me, if I have a thing on calendar, chances are I'm going to do it. Uh, then uh, I've there isn't actually no clear go-to for me. There are days, you know, when I'm gonna be uh, a Santa freak, when I'm gonna write all my tasks in the Sana. There are days when all of my monitor will be in uh, small uh, sticky notes. Uh, there are days when, you know, I'm, I'm just gonna uh, steer away from what I'm supposed to uh, kind of do in my head and do something entirely else. But uh, it is, you know, there, there's, you know, there, there are no hacks that I can share that, you know, you probably or the listeners wouldn't know. It's just that, you know, understanding that uh, this, you know, self-discipline is key. You know, if you understand you have to do something, then you have to do something because, you know, either you execute or you die. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, you can figure out whatever excuse you want that you didn't do the task or didn't complete something, but you cannot lie to yourself. You understand you had to do this you didn't do it so that's that's a new you. you either execute or get executed
0: yeah that's that's another way to put it by the market competition investors and all of that okay yes <laughs> yes yes this is a nice um approach again so you either execute or you get executed and then in the parentheses investors market uh, team members, co-founder. <laughs> okay, Tom's. Wh- let's whoever move on. it let's is move that on. executes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't care, yes. Um, yeah, you don't care. So uh, next, what are unique or exotic software, tools, apps uh, that have helped you recently? I mean, exotic, not like all of, all of the, like, you can f- foresee Slack, Trello, Asana, and so on. Anything exotic, uh, discovery?
1: Yeah. Uh, One thing uh, I've attributed quite a bit of my time over these last uh, 18 months is uh, investor relations fundraising. You know, we've (laughs) raised four rounds in the last less than two years. So, so, yeah, there is that. Uh, But basically, one thing I discovered, and that's amazing, it's DocSend. So basically what it is, it is a, a tool where you can upload any kind of material. Uh, my most popular one is our pitch deck. And then, you know, you don't send an attachment, you send a link to the recipient. And how it is helpful, it gives you analytics, right? It let's you send like a 15 slide deck. And then you, you have a call coming up in three days, with do we see uh, and, uh, a bit before the call, you log in the system and you see that, okay, this guy like dropped off after 12 seconds. So he, you know, you need to start from, from the scratch Or this guy spent uh, seven minutes and the uh, three minutes of those went into the market uh, landscape. So it, um, you know, you kind of be prepared that this person yeah, is going yeah, yeah. to ask questions about who else is out there and how are you better? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, of you course, know, of
0: course. Interesting, so some insight into the brain of the reader. And if they say, we've analyzed seriously and you see they just spent 12 seconds on the pitch, it means they're BSing you and so on, so on, interesting. Mm-hmm. Couldn't this be um, equal to using beat.ly Bit- or you know Bitlinks where you could, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm, I I'm not sure analytics. exactly
1: what is the functional comparison, uh, but I have to admit, I've never used the tool that you mentioned.
0: Anyways, guys, Docsend gives you all the background kind of analytics and uh, you know who, I understand, right? The open, Who opened when, how long they were in the document, if they shared it to somebody and some other details. Okay, great. Nice. Thank you very much, Tom. Let's move on. Round four, company itself. So, founded 2019, you have all the achievements by now. Uh, net, net positive, I understand as well. And you 10x uh, your revenue during 2021, which is not over yet. And now, as far as founders, there's Toms Niparts, yourself, CEO and co-founder. You have Rainis Tennis, CFO on co-founder. And then, rest of the team, Toms, Zalmani, Sandris, uh, Alternievs, right? Ar- Artemievs, sorry. Huang uh, Tuan, that's a busy g- uh, person in down on the spot in Vietnam, I understand. Um, Kaspars, Toms, uh, Feldmanis, uh, Min Tri, Huynh, uh, marketing and product, again, on the spot. And now, how many people you are right now? 14 FTS. We are, we are 18 in
1: total right now.
0: Come on, yesterday it was 14. It's not fair. <laughs> Update updated some on the go. So 18, uh, are you recruiting right now? And if yes, what roles are key for you?
1: Well, we, we are recruiting uh, a lot. We, uh, we have three new people coming in in the next month. We are actively hiring uh, data scientists. We're actively hiring uh, some key roles such as Head of Sales, uh, quite a few openings in marketing, including for Facebook and SEO managers. Uh, then uh, country managers in Indonesia and in Philippines as well. So uh, we we expect that uh, within the next six to nine months we will double the team size uh, because yeah we will open uh, we will open Indonesia and we will expand both the and Philippines. And we will also enter new product verticals in Vietnam first and foremost, but then the other markets as well. And you know, it you know it it requires manpower uh, and uh, or women power. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, okay, so. cool. Uh, person, and, po- uh, person power, <laughs> person power. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And then, and, and uh, yeah, but again, as I mentioned, in the beginning, it's it's you know, I see Don't. my job being uh, finding those outstanding people making sure that they can do do their job at an amazing level, that they can do job together with one another and have fun while at it. And uh, if I can accomplish that as a founder, then uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. As I said recently to somebody to remember that um, having fun at work is the dessert to hard work and intensive uh, kind of you know contribution to the success of the whole company. You need to have that, right? Of course. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So as far as sales director, for instance, this will be global role based in Riga, or you don't care?
1: Yeah, we are not restricting ourselves to location, but uh, one of two options are more obvious. Either this person is uh, out of Southeast Asia, or this person is Riga-based, but in either case, you know, there will be back and forth, there will be back and forth. yeah, we're, of course, very much looking forward to when things gradually get back to normal and travel is uh, enabled again uh, with, without uh, too many limitations. Because, uh, yeah, you know, a lot of things uh, that you couldn't do before now happen over Zoom and uh, whatnot. But still, you know, to get those big partnerships and big deals you you know, you need to have people who can open those doors, go and have those dinners and have those conversations and, yeah, this this is this is something that is going to be pivotal for us, in, in the next uh, couple of years at least.
0: Yeah, I, you know, as they say, none of my business. But somebody on the spot and right there in Vietnam, specifically as a sales director, would be huge difference, I think, for many reasons. So you could give you could give them you could give them a task. Your aim, ours, and then next the next day you have already results because they work the whole night uh, because of the time difference and so on. But anyways, so I mean, seriously speaking, of course, I think you should like have somebody on the spot and again, none of my business. Sorry, Tom, let's move on round five formula F3, or as we call this funding for the future before we discuss future, what is the, uh, history, uh, funding history of the company international by now. So altogether, I understand it's what around $3 million with the yeah, Seed, yeah. and I Seed, like extension of the Seed. And in the VC lineup, you have what, J12 Ventures, I Seed Ventures, Toy Ventures, and then also uh, people going, I mean, c- coming coming with you all the way up from previous uh, stages, Est Ben, Startup Wise guys, of course, and some angels there as well, right? Like Tavi, exactly. Kamkvi, Salve, uh, Salve, uh, and some other people, I guess. Now, in um, the most recent round was September 2021. Okay. So in a
1: nutshell, how,
0: how do you plan to spend these uh, res- financial resources?
1: Yeah, so the money we raised uh, was going into expansion. Uh, predominantly, that goes towards people both in terms of direct functions, such as, you know, as mentioned, sales, country managers, marketing, also maybe indirect functions like data science and software engineering. And the uh, second is, yeah, expanding uh, our volumes and then then going into those new markets. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's already, you know, the stage where we have put ourselves a considerable challenge uh, being at a position close to you know if we take like last month last month basis knocking on door of 4 million dollar arr so yeah and then the, as there is a very good quote if your company doesn't grow 100% every year you're never going to be a unicorn yeah, okay. so this this is this is yeah uh you know we, we we want to do a lot of things you know on the foundation processes and infrastructure and whatnot but growth uh, has always been but uh, you know it's 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 increasingly important for us
0: so how long you think this will keep you going and when if of course you have these plans so when do you plan the next round
1: yeah so as as far as the
0: metrics sorry as far as the metrics and like being defined as a as a company ready for a round definitely you are there right um and you'll reach this status very very soon um but when and what would be your next quantum leap that you plan for the company in terms of financing but also reaching new what new milestones
1: yeah, so to give you a bit of history, we raised like a small seed round earlier this year, 1 million dollars, uh predominantly from uh, existing investors at that point. And we, you know, we weren't in a position to raise more money or aiming to to put more precisely more money, but here there's another tool that um, you know, going to sneak in here which worked wonders in a sense for us. So uh, you know, as, as we evolve, there's increasing list of these, you know, VCs and investors that want to be in the loop, etc. Uh, so this tool that uh, I tested many things, you understood that, you know, something like MailChimp is not going to really fly. Uh, but then again, some, you know, Chrome plugins uh, that uh, show you who opened or, or who clicked on your email links. It's also, you know, not quite enough. So found this amazing tool, Mixmax. So what this yes. Mixmax yes. allows, it's it's building like these newsletters and sequences, and it gives you pretty decent analytics. So, and basically what I started to do thanks to that was, you know, looking at recipients that haven't been really interacting or active with, 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 what we send. And uh, I manually, you know, filter them out every couple months. And, uh, them in a goodbye list, so I basically sent the same monthly or quarterly update that I would do large pack, but I would say, Uh, so uh, far well, message from Jeff, let's say Q2 update, and uh, then you know, I would change the wording a bit, say, Hey, so we haven't been talking much lately, uh, this is one last update and kind of a goodbye. If you don't want to say goodbye, let me know, uh, and yeah, and, and in this way, we ended up uh, raising money from j12 ventures out of stockholm uh because yeah they, they, they you know they, we had conversations great guys and everything but yeah there wasn't any back and forth for some months and then yeah they came back and said hey yeah we we want to you know talk business with you guys we want to stay in the loop and uh, a few months later we came down to the seed round extension uh yeah, and that and that's an outcome. Like it's riding riding on the
0: mixmax kind of uh, w- waves of con- contacting the key people. There, I remember I tried them out uh, two or three years ago, basically, but then somehow forgot. So let's just add that mixmax is a tool th- which is integrated with
1: Gmail, right? And with like g-
0: yeah, also with it, Gmail. It, it, it-
1: It integrates with Gmail seamlessly, uh, but uh, I I think it uh, offers a large number of uh, mail client integrations. Ah, I'm not sure. I use Gmail myself, yeah. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. Cool. Now, speaking of your uh, financial plans for the next round again, when and what milestones you plan to hit before you go into the market for Series A?
1: Yes. So uh, uh, we... uh, Do regular reforecasting because you know in those markets and in these COVID times you know things change rapidly and then of course you know what we are able to do and accomplish as well. So uh, our stretch goal is to uh, approach or even hit one million monthly revenue by end of second quarter of next year, and uh, you know depending on how things evolve and everything, one of the next markets in our pipeline is India which is, you know, a big, big challenge, a big opportunity. And obviously, you know, to take on uh, that kind of uh, massive market, uh, one and a half million seed, seed round is not even merely enough. So we I wouldn't say we have any fixated uh, pipeline in terms of, uh, sorry, timeline in terms of fundraising in place. But again, as is mentioned, you know, we are, still staying quite scrappy we're spending more money and then then being like you know more aggressive but still uh you know how you technically say it you know you should uh forecast for like 18 months at least uh, for, for runway and if things go south so that you know you can tighten some screws and squeeze out another half year uh well in in, in our case we we can happily say that right now uh, we we are in a position when you know it's largely dependent on our own actions and decisions. So, so we have a pretty pretty good grasp there. So answering your question, our goal right now is to really focus on those product changes and growth items we have in our table uh, to see uh, how close to this 1 million monthly revenue target within nine months from now we can get. And uh, assuming we, we accomplish that feat, uh, I think Series A is going to come... Uh, Sometime middle maybe Q3 of next year, because yeah, this this is you know, we we are among the first movers in what we're doing, and uh, every month you can speed up; uh, it can make a big difference. So you know, we we don't want to wait for anything or anyone. Here's the forecast:
0: uh, Series A investors will come to you sooner than you open up to the market yourself, probably. Okay, and also, what are what are what a what are, what are amazing plan to first polish the product the offer offering the tech you know the, the whole tech stack like front front end back end all the database and so on in indonesia and um, what's that vietnam combined 400 million uh, users and then move to india where english should be i understand right the interface language which well, is Will it? Will it? Or you would go to, to answer
1: to answer your question? Uh, I don't have an answer for that because again, this is why we clearly went uh, and are going after Vietnam, Indonesia, Philippines. Those are markets where we have experience, where we have a certain degree of know-how and network. Uh, we have, you know, we, we understood that, yeah, maybe from get-go, India would present an even more lucrative opportunity. But then again, when we started this, you know, it was me and Rainis uh, investing all of our savings up until that point. And then, then you know, again, uh, every dollar counts uh, even way more at uh, that stage. So, you know, you, you want to have full confidence that, you know, you spend every dime of that uh, in the most rational way you see. And, you know, going into Indian market where we have very limited know-how, it's, it's, it's you know, very tricky. But then uh, considering, you know, what stage of Series A, uh, far uh, bigger financial resources and other kind of uh, baggage about what we do, you know, you can afford to hire senior executives that can explain you a lot of things and, and, and show how your go-to-market strategy and entry strategy should differ from any of the first markets
0: again i will repeat if you go to india based on english interface then what a great breach uh, bridge to other english-speaking countries in or english fluent countries should they say right in uh, africa like south africa and, and all the other ones and then you go into some a spanish market and all of a sudden you open up spanish portuguese uh, latin american yeah great and more and plus plus i think you might also position yourself as um like a target for impact investing you know like more and more vcs are looking into impact investing and like esg minded uh startups are getting more and more momentum esg meaning environment social governance right and this is where this all like inclusiveness as a as a key um, rationale for the business, uh, right? This financial inclusion and so on might be a good um, a justification for impact investors as well to, to to have a look at the company. Great, Thomas. I think we covered lots of stuff uh, and uh, you know a lot and beyond. Usual question. I will have to ask you as well. Um, do you have an exit plan scenario for yourself? If yes, which one?
1: Yeah, it's a tricky question. You know. The way I see it, you cannot focus only on exit, but always have, uh, you know, clear scenarios in mind. Uh, in in our case, we, we see one of the uh, three uh, viable scenarios uh, as, as potential. Number one, it is, you know, some of the existing uh, large incumbents uh, coming and saying, guys, we want to acquire you. The other one, it's, you know, some large international corporation entering respective markets, doing target acquisition of Jeff to, you know, facilitate this bridge of entry. And number three, you know, you know everyone knows southeast asia is famous for their massive super apps like you know grab gojek and several others so uh, you know those 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 uh, companies are trying to do more and more of everything but then again you know you need to be conscious about the fact that those are not Early-stage startups are probably not even startups anymore. So, so, you know, despite all the great work they have been and are doing, it means that, you know, to add uh, new services that deviates from their core value propositions, it's it's not an easy thing. You know, you have procedures, you have processes and whatnot. So it makes kind of more and more sense for them to acquire someone that is able to do a good job and move fast in a certain area. So, so this is the third potential scenario we have uh, looked at. Yes, big
0: diversity of scenarios. Let's see what lives in the end leads you to. And uh, Tom, thanks for the chat. Interesting to- topics there and interesting revelations as well during the conversation. I'm sure people will find some value there. Wish all the best and uh, go fight for financial inclusion, You know, create value for those Southeast, in, uh, Southeast Asian uh, uh, clients and come here and disrupt European markets as well. If, Your plans will include this as well. Thomas, thanks a lot. Great conversation. We hope to be in touch with you later on.
1: Thank you, Alex. Thank you for having me. Have a good evening.